Hello and welcome to Dunktown, the podcast where we learn about basketball one game at a time. I'm Anastasia. And I'm Agata. And today we have an extra special guest. She's one of the hosts of the Amazing Spinsters podcast. It's Jordan Liggins. Yay. Yay. Thank Thanks you for, for coming back. Me. Of course. <laughs> yeah, you course. can come every week. Every week. Just let <laughs> us know. <laughs> you have an open, the door's open. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure you're busy, though. You have your own podcast. Right. That's and, a lot of work. Yeah. And a job <laughs> and stuff. So yeah, I'm it's assuming a lot going you on. Yeah. But hey, this is a party every time I'm here. So I'm happy to join anytime. You have me. How, <laughs> how's the podcast it. going, by the way? It's so fun. Yeah. I love it. It's the past couple episodes have been kind of heavier topics mm-hmm. because we felt like we had to weigh in on some things that are going on in the NBA. Um, but overall, it's so fun to be creative and be able to. Sorry, this is a Can motorcycle. You- Oh, okay. did, did you hear that? No, we couldn't hear oh, okay, it. Okay, <laughs> good. It was so loud. I thought you froze for a second. No, I was like, uh, that is very loud. Okay, okay. great that you can't hear that. <laughs> Anyways, it's been so fun and Haley is the best. And I'm mm-hmm. so happy that we have a platform to basically have a phone call mm-hmm. <laughs> that everyone can hear. <laughs> That's yeah. so fun. Yeah, you two are such a great duo. And also... Yeah. The heavy topics you guys have covered, I'm over here listening to it going, yeah, clapping, <laughs> like, amen. Like, you guys... Uh, screams at her phone. I do scream at my phone. <laughs> yes. But you guys, you know, are putting things in such a way that I'm like, yes, I'm so glad people are saying this, you know? Yeah. Thank you. So, th- yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys probably... Like, there are times where I'm just like, I why does it why does it always have to be us talking about like <laughs> yes. the important shit because so many other people are ignoring it and it feels like an obligation of like, mm-hmm. you know, we have a platform and like we I, want to be goofy we, and dumb. We want to be we want things to be lighthearted and fun and yeah. stupid, but also like there's way more important shit going on. And when everyone else ignores it or you know puts it under the rug, puts it under under the rug. No, that's a new saying. Okay, puts it under the rug. <laughs> they pick it up and they put it under the rug, <laughs> and it's just a lump. Um, yeah, I mean, I, then I just feel like you know, if not if not us, then who? And yeah. You know, it's it's draining, you know, for for us to like delve into like deep topics, and I, and I'm I'm one I'm sure you guys have you know the same experience in that like where it's just like you know talking about like sexual assault and all that stuff. It's like I don't want to be known as the person who has to talk about sexual assault in basketball. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's an important after you're conversation. Done, you're just like. <laughs> Uh, and you kind of just move slowly throughout the day and just like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, we have to keep having this conversation. And exactly. it's, it's draining, but it's important. And yeah. just like you said, if not us, then who? So if, right. if the big names in, you know, the talking heads of the NBA decide to just turn the other cheek and start talking about defense mm-hmm. we have to be the ones to say like wait <laughs> hold yeah. the phone there's a other conversation happening here and that's exactly. the the spinster's way we have to make sure we're putting a spin 
on the NBA and talking about things that one, we want to talk about and we right. think that are important. And we want to make sure we're offering different sides of the story. And that's kind of our whole thing with the whole show. Mm-hmm. So sometimes heavy topics fall into that. Right. It's for great. sure. Yeah. yeah. We're glad that there's other people talking about it and yeah. we, right. don't, we yeah. don't feel alone. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we're on the same <laughs> You're not side. Alone. Yeah. Yes. We're in this together. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, how's everything else going? I mean, NBA season's winding down. It's winding down. Can I tell you a secret though that I yes. definitely said to myself yesterday as I was watching the W, I was like, I'm kind of happy the NBA season is winding down because this is ruining my summer plans. And now I can get back to watching the WNBA. (laughs) I had a great thing going where I watched the NBA, then the W, then the NBA. Yeah. And the pandemic ruined that. So now I feel like I haven't been watching as much WNBA as I wanted to for Mm -hmm. the first half of the season. Same. But now I'm like, these finals are here. We're going to have an NBA champion and then I can just watch all the W all day, all the time. So for that's sure. a secret. That stays between us and everyone. <laughs> okay, Gabe, edit that out. Or bleep, bleep out the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, just a big bleep. <laughs> no, I feel totally... Because especially, you know, last season in the bubble, they were playing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now the NBA season ran long and... It's it's too much. I mean, it's exhausting trying to keep up with both. Yeah. And yes. um, because it's the playoffs in the NBA, often I feel like I have to sacrifice WNBA games. And it's yep. a bummer. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm as informed as with what's going on, you know, in yeah. the W right now. It's nice. It's nice Same. when it's like when they're like switching on and off. Yeah. It's a, it's a opposite you can focus on right. one or the other. It's great. Mm-hmm. I want to just go into the scheduling department because the W has this like firm rule of we're not playing games on Mondays mm-hmm. and I don't want it to revolve around the NBA. But at some point I'm like, we're all wa- waiting for something to watch. Mm-hmm. And if the NBA doesn't have a game, the W should make sure to schedule their games on those days so that we are watching basketball every day. It is exhausting. It's like a a whole separate job, (laughs) but it does feel like, okay, well the playoffs are quote unquote more important right now. So we kind of have to watch those. Mm -hmm. But now like after this Olympic break, I am full steam ahead. I have my league pass. I'm going to be watching them on my phone, on the computer, on Amazon prime, on YouTube, on Twitter. You've got 10 screens. (laughs) Yeah, 10 screens wherever (laughs) someone decides to play a WNBA game, I will be watching it. Nice. (laughs) So have you, you know, other than basketball, any fun summer plans? Have you been traveling? Oh, I actually have not been trapped have i what have i been doing (laughs) let's let's reflect it is somehow july we're somehow halfway through it's so 2021 i can't believe that's true (laughs) what i feel like we skipped easter again i was like wait did easter happen (laughs) not really things just they time is is moving so fast um i did go to santa barbara Ooh, nice. I remember we were we were yeah, messaging I messaged about that. you because you posted a 
video of the most delicious plate of food I've ever seen. <laughs> it was so good. I what was, was like, it? What? Where are you right now? <laughs> okay, so I went, me and my boyfriend went to Santa Barbara and the whole trip was like, we're getting outside. We're getting back to normal. And mm. that to me is brunch. Mm. And brunch means eggs benedict. Because yeah. when you go out to brunch, you know, you want to get things that you can't make at home. And that right. I can't make an eggs. I can't cook anything, but <laughs> no. I definitely can't make an eggs benedict. So <laughs> I'm not going to poach up, an egg. Yeah, I, it's hard. Okay? I've tried. It doesn't work. It just makes a big mess, goopy yeah. mess. <laughs> I'd rather spend my money. Like it's yeah. worth it's worth the experience of brunch. For so sure. yeah, that I love restaurant, it was all about their eggs Benedict. It was right on the water. And we were like, yes, we're getting back to normal. This is wonderful. So that was probably my latest trip, a uh, nice. weekend getaway. It was I love so, that. so fun. My first That's time simple. to Santa Barbara. Oh, it's, nice. so, it's so pretty up there. I've never it been is. either. Really? Yeah. We should go. Yeah, we pack, should pack up my I'm dog I'm inviting chips. myself. <laughs> oh, yeah, please. Oh, yeah. We got we to gotta go to the brunch spot. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring our 10 screens. Yes. <laughs> Watch oh, some God. games. Watching WNBA, looking out on the water, eating brunch. <laughs> what a oh, dream. Oh, my goodness. Gabe, what a dream. the trip. <laughs> yeah. Gabe's got it on his calendar right now. <laughs> um, you also bought a home, right? Is that I correct? Did. That's so Congratulations. exciting. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I love it. It is such a big accomplishment. And sometimes yeah. just getting through, you know, the savings, the signings, the negotiations, like you get bogged down a little bit. But mm-hmm. once I kind of sit back and I'm like, wait, <laughs> this is mine. This is generational wealth that I'm creating for my family. Oh, my and God. Amazing. That is wow. To do that before 30 is it's crazy. It's yeah. impressive. I'm very so, cool. So happy. My give it all to my parents. First of all, they let me stay there for like oh, yeah. seven months to save nice. my money. Um, and they're just budget wizards. So mm. I go to them and my mom's like, okay, don't spend anything. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and you'll have a house. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I did it and it worked. So That's amazing. shout out to her. <laughs> shout out to your mom. Gabe also just bought a house in Denver. Yeah. Congratulations. Yes, Homeowners. Oh. Homeowners. It's so fun. Yay. It's so fun. I'm like <laughs> running to pay my mortgage. I'm like, I know where my money is going. Here, take it. Take it all. It's not some sleazy landlord yeah. in downtown LA. It's actually going somewhere. So right. that's, You're not so handing that's been it the best over. part. Yeah. That's been the best part. That's amazing. I'm very jealous of that yeah. part. Like, oh, I'm just lining your pockets. <laughs> and the decorating. I will say the decorating oh, nice. has been yeah. so fun. Oh, that's you can fun. paint. Have you been yes. like, like remodeling anything or? Well, I did. I did the thing where I tried to get some estimates on a bathroom mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. renovation. And I felt so like a homeowner, like I was thrown into HDTV or something like I really knew what I was talking about did not and I was like you know here's my Pinterest board <laughs> like, I, don't know the, I don't know the details the ins and the outs of a shower material but it felt really like 
you know, I'm in charge. If I want to do this, I can, right. which yeah. was the best part. Mm-hmm. And then they told me how much it costs. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to put a pin in that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Well, we'll yeah, come I back. Mean, yeah, you don't have to do it all at once. <laughs> yeah, but, right. You know, the door's open. The door is open. Yes, it's expensive, but the door is open. <laughs> <laughs> There's at least it's at least cracked, right? And you yeah, can slowly yeah. push it open as you yeah. save up. <laughs> right now, I could probably only afford like the sliding doors, but <laughs> that I mean, A shower curtain. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cracked. <laughs> nice. I, when I was in college, my mom was just like, you, um, you shouldn't be renting. You should own a home. And I was like, okay. And that was it. <laughs> no advice on Financial like, advice. how to get there. Nothing. <laughs> I was like, uh, well, I guess that ain't happening. That's my dad with retirement too. He's like, you should have like this amount of money by the time you're 21. And I'm like, and how exactly? <laughs> like where? Where is that coming from? Yeah, like what? I'll just hold my hands out, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. you know, from the sky, and we'll just hope. I mean, that's how it felt, you know. Home ownership, mm-hmm. especially living in LA, it does feel that way. And mm-hmm. I am a huge advocate. Like this is what we should be learning in school. Yes. We should be learning how to save for a home. What are different type of loans you can get and. A lot of people just don't know. And mm-hmm. I didn't know either. I'm lucky that my parents knew and that they are homeowners and they've had property before. But it's like with my new home, people assume that I paid like 20% down payment. I'm like, no, no, no. First time homeowner. Yeah. You get a low down payment. And that's, nice. they want you to buy a home. Right. So I think sometimes it's like, oh, it's so hard. It's so astronomical. But once you, learn and do research then you can see that it is actually in reach but it's not common knowledge which i Mm -mm. wish it was like Mm -hmm. it i think it also if we lived anywhere else la it just seems so hard um that's why i'm in the valley we gotta drive but we own the home (laughs) when we go back okay so i'm like it's okay i'm gonna be in traffic but when i go home i actually love where i live yeah that's where it's worth it but yeah, I hate driving. Sure. So it was a toss up, honestly. <laughs> I feel like the valley's <laughs> cool now. Like every mo, you know, most people I know who own a home can only afford the valley, anyways. But right. it's like there's great stuff happening there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's great. It's nice. I'm like, yeah. there's a food for less across the street. <laughs> there's a beauty supply store across the street. I'm like, hey, what more could you want? Yeah. I can walk and get my groceries. Parking get everywhere. Get my hair. Yeah. Parking everywhere. I have a garage. <laughs> oh my god. A garage. <laughs> you. That's it. Amazing. You've, I made that's it. Heaven. I made it. <laughs> so and it's close to the freeway that I'm hopping on to go literally anywhere. But it's okay. <laughs> Love that. We're just really proud of you. Yeah, congrats. Thank you. So I really appreciate it. I feel the love. <laughs> All right. So we asked you if you wanted to join us to talk about this movie, um, 144, the WNBA bubble documentary, but from ESPN. Um, yes. Should we get into the movie, Gabe? Yeah, do you want, do let's you have get a, into let's it. Let's do it. You want to drop me, Gabe? <laughs> Let's all go to the let's all go to the Anyway, let's go to the movie. So good. 
so good. So the, I just want to point out, first of all, this movie was directed by two women, Lauren Stowell and Jenna Contreras. Uh, yes. Executive produced by the lovely Shanae Ogumake. Very, very um, excited to say that some awesome women are behind this. You yeah. know? Yes. Yes. Um, and they were locked in the bubble, this documentary crew, with the WNBA players. They were at IMG Academy the whole time, it looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I first of all, was very surprised and excited by the access. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. we got some really cool interviews, really cool behind-the-scenes stuff. The mm-hmm. One of my favorite scenes was, I believe it was the Atlanta Dream. They, they were watching some tape as a team. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is so cool, seeing this. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, seeing their coach talk about the play that's happening and kind of calling out players and poor Kennedy Carter (laughs) got called out pretty hardcore. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Which is, I mean, that happens all the time. So just to your point of like the access, like us feeling like we were in that room and her looking into the camera, like Jim from the office of just like, (laughs) This is what happens to me every day. I'm a rookie. Like, this is what happens. So that that was wonderful and a great little taste of, <laughs> you know, behind the scenes of a WNBA team. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was amazing. Didn't she just get suspended? She did. There was some issue. Drama yeah. in the locker room. There I, is some drama. <laughs> we don't really know what happened, right? It's between her and Courtney, Courtney Williams. Yeah. We do not know what happened. And I think that is the most fascinating thing that's happening on Twitter is because, you know, there are stories coming out that are trying to be reported and have details from sources and and witnesses. And then everyone from the Atlanta Dream Team is tweeting and saying, that didn't happen. That's not right. The story's still not right. And we're like, wait, tell us what happened. Yeah, right. Like no one's saying. Um, but essentially, Kennedy Carter left, I believe it was in the middle of a quarter. She just left the bench. Um, oh, wow. Went back to the locker room and didn't come back. Um, and when that happened, I remember I actually wasn't watching the game, but I just saw it come through my Twitter feed of just like, she just left. We don't think it's an injury. She just left. Mm-hmm. So then after the game, Kennedy Carter's brother, I guess, tweeted in a now deleted tweet saying that Courtney Williams swung on her mm-hmm. and it was a physical altercation. Courtney Williams said that wasn't true. Atlanta Dream teammates, majority of them were saying, we got your back, Courtney. Mm-hmm. That wasn't true. So that that's kind of the light bulb for me like why it seems like a lot of people are turning on kennedy carter like mm, is, yeah is it picking sides and um why is her brother who was sure. not involved like posting about that too like that's right. weird like obviously he's getting the story from her yeah right and that's what i said too of just like and and he deleted it too because you can tell it was a heat of the moment if my brother my sibling calls me after i'm not happy with any situation the details probably aren't going to be all there i'm just going to be mad yeah and he just reacted to that and tweeted it and right and he realized gonna, it and yeah deleted it. he's going to support his sister obviously 
Right, yeah. right. And you can't fault them for that. And you can't really, tr- like, I guess you can't really trust what he's saying. He's not in the media business. He's not meant to be, like, yeah. unbiased. Like, right. he's completely one-sided. <laughs> so that was, I, I didn't really take that uh with a whole with all the truth mm-hmm. um but courtney williams coming out in multiple tweets saying you know i and she had a wonderful scene in the 144 that yes. i'll get into um but she came out and basically said you know i'm not afraid to get in a physical altercation and i would tell you guys if that happened <laughs> but that did not happen yeah. uh paraphrasing but mm-hmm. that's um i don't know i believe her yeah. But I also want them to just tell us what happened. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it just was like a very heated argument yeah. Yeah. where Kennedy was like feeling threatened, but nothing actually happened. Yeah. Which I could see that. They yeah. have very, they are two players with very strong yes. personalities, right. a lot of passion, a lot of aggressiveness. So it's not like this is two players that don't talk. Mm-hmm. You know, like they... Even when Kennedy Carter got drafted to the Atlanta Dream, I was like, oh, she's going to be with Courtney Williams. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I hope it didn't get to that point. But it's also in the heat of the moment, in competition. Atlanta is not having a great season mm-hmm. so far. Mm-hmm. I can see all of those being factors into why this argument blew up. Right. Yeah. I'm, you know, just the looky loo side of me is like i need those details yeah yeah <laughs> i need yeah. the drama but also like no, definitely. kennedy got suspended and courtney didn't which means like she must have crossed a line yeah well i think even just leaving the game yeah, yeah. i mean that's that's what that's for that's and grounds it's, for that's, suspension yeah. right that's unacceptable that's her being a young player you just can't do that at yeah. this level you're a professional even if you don't like what the coach i i believe you know in the more reported stories it said it was over playing time Mm. so if it was something like that you have to stick it out like you're you're at your job Mm -hmm, like you can't just leave your job at your lunch break and just be like i'm never coming back (laughs) like i'm not really feeling it you know (laughs) and that at this level you can't do that Mm -hmm. right um yeah there's consequences there's consequences and so Regardless of what happened that we don't know, Courtney Williams was still playing in the game and she was still doing her job. Mm -hmm, So if it was, I believe, too, if it did get to physical altercation, the Atlanta Dream would do the right thing, I would hope. Yeah. And Renee Montgomery, new owner. Yeah. She commented on it and just said, you know, we're we're going through some growing pains, but it's okay. We'll (laughs) we'll come back. We'll bounce back. Uh, which was a great response. Yeah. And yeah, I, I know they'll figure it out. But Kennedy Carter has to. You, you can't do that regardless of what was going on. You kind of have to, you know, yeah. talk to the coaches in a more civilized way and not just bounce. Yeah. She's young. So I'm hoping this is just growing pains for her, too. Yeah, you yeah know. she's young. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the documentary starts out um, pretty much just explaining the bubble like Mm -hmm. here you know kathy engelbert comes on and says why they wanted to do it and she gave the reason of saying the w cannot be out of the sports landscape for i think she said something like 22 months which it would have been you know if they hadn't done it that summer so 
And I understand that reasoning. We were definitely very scared, me and Agata were, when they announced this. Because we were like, how can you ensure the safety of the players? And yeah. and in hindsight, it ended up being great. But it was very scary. It was a huge risk. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of the players in the documentary talk about that risk and talk about how, A, they felt trapped mm-hmm. in there, right? And granted, um, they probably would have felt the same way at home because we were all locked. We were all locked out. Yeah, we all mm-hmm. kind of had that trapped feeling for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, like away from their families. And a yeah. lot of them talked about the condensed season and how intense it was. They were playing games every other day, yeah, for the most part. And there was one part where Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart mentioned they were both coming back from big injuries, and they were like. We have no idea how, like, I think Brianna Stewart said, I don't know how my leg's going to hold up um, to the schedule. Mm. And, you know, just all of these, it was interesting to hear these interviews and the trepidation they had going into it. Right. Mm -hmm. Because we had our own, you know, sort of doubts. Right. Right. But then hearing how complicated this logistically even was going to be and then how complicated you know mentally and physically it would be for the players yeah and i talked to a a few players before they went into the season um one was gabby williams who was on the chicago sky and you know she said that they made the decision as a team Mm -hmm. that it was kind of like you know if one of us goes, we all go type of deal. But she said they really had to talk about it. Like they yeah. had to have multiple meetings. I I think when it was announced, a lot of people did have those those trepidations, but then also was just like, oh yeah, like you're going to play. Like you haven't been playing, so you're going to go. And I don't think it was that easy of an answer for a right. lot of players because of leaving their families mm-hmm. or possibly being exposed like you didn't know who else was going to be in the bubble i know i'm safe but what did everybody else where did they come from Mm -hmm. right so there was a lot of questions and um i i applaud that decision making for a lot of the players because i know that couldn't have been easy especially when it's something you love um and when money is on the line you know for the players that opted out they did not get paid Right. Um, And that was a decision that they had to make. And we know the conversation with WNBA players and how they are not getting paid enough. Right. This is their job and this is how they are supporting themselves and their families. So when it came down to it, that's a hard decision to make. Yes. If you are, okay, I don't get paid, but I will feel safe or I'm putting myself in harm's way, but I'll be able to make my salary. It's so it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. I feel bad that they had to make that decision. And yeah. For the NBA players as well, though, they're not, a lot of them are not in, in the same situation where it's like, you know, they, like, because of the salary difference, you know, for a WNBA player missing a whole season is going to. That's huge. It's going to be. Yeah. Salary. Exactly. Exactly. Like, right. it sucks for everyone, but if you're making $30 million in the NBA, like, yeah. you're much better off 
Yeah, especially if you have other businesses, other ventures going on yeah. where you can make right. money, you know, exactly. which right. isn't the case for a lot of W players. Right. Like right. they're already like playing in over- overseas leagues and stuff to like make ends meet and yep. taking away all their opportunities. I mean, yeah, Courtney Williams got into it in, in that scene, which was very powerful where, where they she was talking about like, I came here to play. Like I wouldn't be here if I didn't need the money and I want to play. Right. So this right. is after Jacob Blake was shot and mm-hmm. the Bucks, you know, boycotted playing and the um I can't remember the two teams, but the same day two WNBA teams also decided not to play. Mm-hmm. And then so they were like, Do we play? You know, and actually this documentary really showed Neka Ogumake, who's the president of the Players Association. Her leadership in this was oh remarkable. It amazing. gave me chills, actually. She was amazing. I just got chills right now, just thinking about it. Seriously. She, she was so good. She said, okay, this is how we feel. And, you know, people were talking a lot about, like, I'm just not in an emotional state where I can play, you know? Right. And right. so she was like, okay, but we need to talk about, are we playing the next day? Are we playing the day after that? Right. It's not a day off. It's like, what, yeah. What are we going to do instead right. of playing? Yeah. What's the plan? And so that's when Courtney Williams gave, and, and, you know, I loved what she said. It was very on the opposite spectrum of what everyone else was saying. Mm-hmm. But she was essentially like, I'm not in this bubble to be heard because in her mind, she was like, I could have been hurt. I could have been in the streets. I could have been, you know, yeah. heard at home i'm yeah. here to make money so if i'm not right. making money what else am i doing you know right. right like why make all those sacrifices if you if you're not getting your check which i exactly yeah, yeah. i mean i totally see that side of it but obviously the other players who were just like distraught and don't want to be thinking about basketball in a moment where you know that doesn't feel as important as what is happening in the world I feel for them too. And I feel bad that they have to like make that decision and come together and figure out what to do with that because it's not fair. It's like a lose lose either way. Yeah. Right. And we talked about, you know, that tough decision of even getting to the bubble. And then once everything happens and continued to happen while they were there, that is also on their minds. And Courtney William had a great, great perspective of, you know, I got I got mouths to feed at home. Mm-hmm. Like I'm here for a check. And every time, you know, it's important to point out that when the WNBA players did decide to sit out, they did not get paid mm-hmm. for that game. So for a lot of the players who understandably it was emotionally taxing and just like, you know, I don't know when I'll be able to play. A lot of other players didn't really have that um, privilege to to have that choice which is right. really hard yeah because even everyday americans and especially everyday black americans you know last year we still had to get up and go to work even yeah. though it didn't it was hard and it did i did not want to yeah. but when your bills are still there and when this is your job right. that's something that you kind of didn't really have the choice to to turn down yeah so Courtney Williams provided that great alternative that I'm sure a lot of other players felt in that room because it was also a powerful scene of all 144 players in one room with NECA and Sue Bird, you know, at the helm 
uh, facilitating this conversation. And they were asking, like, how does everyone feel? Like, we are going into this united. We want to make sure that we are not making a decision for half the room or a quarter of the room, but that everybody feels this way. Yeah. And so once they came to the decision that we're not going to play today, and I don't believe they played the next day, but we'll resume the following day, um, is a great plan because yeah. this is what, you know, half the teams play today, half the teams play tomorrow. This is what we, we what we've decided. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they but it like gave still- a statement and stuff. Like instead of playing, they like prepared ne- a statement. And, and yes, Nika brought up that point. She was like, we're on ESPN. Like, yes, we have a platform. Mm-hmm. We have the stage. What are we going to say? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a great point. She gave this great speech too, that I was like, she directly called out Daniel Cameron. She directly mm-hmm. called out, um, I can't remember his name, but the mayor, um, Wisconsin, guy. It, the guy in Wisconsin who was, mm-hmm. um, it was like, we are asking you directly to investigate the murder of Jacob Blake. And it was just like, it was a very powerful statement. And I remember watching it live too, because mm-hmm. all 144 players are on the bleachers arm in arm. And it was, yeah, it was very powerful. And I have to admit, I put off watching this documentary because I didn't want to be sad. (laughs) Yeah. And this documentary is a very good sort of like microcosm that represents the whole of what we all went through in 2020. You know, it starts with the pandemic, talking about the pandemic. It talks a lot about... Um, Black Lives Matter, the Say Her Name um, campaign, which they kind of were playing for, you know, Mm -hmm. and each incident that happens during the documentary, it's like, oh, we just went through that. Like, I remember those moments specifically, and I was like, it's going to be hard to watch this. And it was hard to watch, but Mm -hmm. I also was like, Damn, I love the WNBA. <laughs> yeah. Right? I that's that's the feeling that I hope everyone took away from watching this is like this is such an incredible league yeah. with incredible women and it was perfectly named 144 because it is so hard to get a spot in this league. Yeah. There's so limited spots and opportunities, but the women that are here, oh my goodness. They are game changers for the whole sport. But I totally agree with you. I I watched it, you know, I think the week that it came out and I was really engaged the whole time, the whole time. But at the end, I cried Mm -hmm. because it was a reminder of just that. We just went through this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't a historical film that happened 20 years ago. This happened months ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was crying because I was like, we haven't processed this Mm -mm. yet like we have not even really realized what we just went through and we're just going through the motions and we're in 2021 and we're just continuing to live our life but like if we stop for a second to realize what happened last year Mm -hmm. you break down because you're like oh i haven't processed this Mm. yet it's trauma everybody was going through this even at a WNBA, NBA level, the world. And 
it is a perfect example of like, oh, that happened and then that happened mm-hmm. and then that happened right? yeah. and then that happened. Mm-hmm. And somehow there was a champion at the end. Like right. it yeah. was just a bizarre look into, oh, wow, we survived that. <laughs> and we kind of have to sit with ourselves and, and ask ourselves some deep questions on what we're going to do after we just lived through that experience. Right. Right. Yeah. It's so intense. And like, yeah, in, in the, in the moment, I think for all of us and watching it back, those feelings of like, this just never ends. Like it, it, like these these problems never get resolved. Like they did all this work to like, to, you know, showcase the Breonna Taylor thing and like demand justice and like, even now, like nothing, ha- nothing came of it. And it's like so right. sad to look back and be like, they tried so hard and like, and none of the and, officers were trying. Right. And it's like, right. You know, obviously the year ended, but like the, the like societal issues have not ended. Like, yes. right. and, and that like, that intensity was just like distilled into like 90 minutes or however long this was yeah. mm-hmm. it was very mm-hmm. yeah very hard to watch and I just I just feel for I feel for them like really like putting like having to compartmentalize their their yeah. personal lives their work lives and then also just like feeling like they have to um you know speak up because they've got this platform mm-hmm. and they want to make a difference and like juggling all of that at the same time while we're all like dealing with COVID like yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's and too perform much. at the highest level yeah. of basketball. Yeah, by the way, exactly. <laughs> like like it's you're too also much. expected to to perform at that level. It, it's it's a lot, and even as a normal, regular, regular American, I was struggling. So yeah. I can't imagine, especially when you're, you know, it is a bubble. It is you can't do anything else right. but be in those conversations and be in those tough conversations. And it was emotionally taxing and physically taxing because like we talked about, they're playing every other day. Um, I feel like this is going to be a documentary that people can look back on. And it really does perfectly articulate the time and what was asked of these WNBA players. And it will be a part of the next 25 years of the WNBA. Like this is going to be a staple year and season that we look back on Mm -hmm. to say like, Hey, remember that? And Oh yeah. The Seattle storm did win that year. Weren't they in a bubble or something? (laughs) Like that's what we're going to look back on. And sometimes when we watch documentaries, it, it is already through that lens, right? Like remember 10 years ago, it's the anniversary of the wobble and Mm -hmm. let's look up archival footage. But because it came out so quickly, Mm -hmm. that's why it just hit me so hard of like, wait, this just ha- like we were I retweeted that tweet like <laughs> yeah. last week yes. that they're showing on the screen. You know, like this is this is not that long ago. Yeah. Um, and to your point, too. Of, yes, the year ended. There is still so much work to be done. Yeah. And that is such a um, overwhelming feeling. And I felt like the WNBA players when the when they're playing for the Say Her Name campaign and when they wore Breonna Taylor's name on the on the back of their jerseys, it wasn't the idea that, okay, we're going to solve this. Like, this is going to be fixed mm-hmm. by us playing for this. 
But it's so hard after you do all of that and the needle doesn't move at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even when, you know, NECA was saying, okay, we're going to sit out today. We're going to sit out tomorrow. And then we have to go back to work, even yeah. though we know all of these problems are going to be solved. And that's mm-hmm. so hard to do. And what was a lot of the criticism for players sitting out is like, well, if you sit out for three days or a week, like, Cops are still going to be shooting black people. Right. And yeah. that's a horrible feeling of even the NBA players when they decided. It's mm-hmm. like, did this one day do anything? Right. And it did because they use their platform on ESPN to talk about right. it. And people were talking about it. Mm-hmm. And we take sports for granted. So when they took that away from us as viewers, it shined a light on an important topic. Yeah. And, but, um, and the, the yeah. other part is like, it's not their job to figure out the solution. (laughs) They already have so much on their shoulders. Like for them to bring light to these topics is like more than, more than what they need to be doing. Like that, that the solution does not lie in like, will if the players can like get together and figure out what, like how to bring justice to this case, like that's not going to happen and it shouldn't have to be on them. Well, and it literally cannot be on them right because they're not the problem yeah so, right <laughs> so they're not going to be the solution because they're not the problem but it was it is like a pebble in a pond sort of because what they were saying was reverberating in this massive way which yeah. i think a good example of that is the warnock campaign that mm-hmm. was the first time i'd ever heard Raphael warnock's name was seeing it on their shirts where they had vote Warnock, you know, mm-hmm. and then he won and he beat out Kelly Loeffler. And that's the he won. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Right. Because of the W. Yeah. Like, I feel like people don't e- like that doesn't even wrap around their head. Like that was the W yeah. doing that. Mm-hmm. And it also just shows the power of those women. For and real. like, no, not a lot of leagues would dip into politics mm-hmm. like that, but it was personally affecting them mm-hmm. and they wanted to change. And it's, it's remarkable. I think that is something that, you know, we're going to talk about this season, but I hope when we talk about political history and we talk about this campaign, that that is like, even if it's one sentence, like, Oh, by the way, the WNBA was an inaugural part in yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> voting. Like what? Like if yeah. you didn't know that 20 years from now, you'd be like, wait, how did that happen? Yeah. That, it That's seems wild. Amazing. Right. Yeah. Like contributing to flipping like the house blue. Like that's <laughs> yeah. insane. I know. And it could have just been the Atlanta dream, but it wasn't, it was all 144 all players, which is mm-hmm. again, gives me chills because they're just like such an amazing league and how much they support each other. Because, mm-hmm. you know, in the NBA, there were players that didn't kneel for the national anthem. There were players that didn't want to wear the shirts and, and stuff and who kind of argued with what should be on the jersey. And that didn't happen in the W. They had each other's back and like hearing. So united. Yeah. 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 Hearing even, you know, Brianna Stewart and some of the other white players, they were like, talking about like my teammates, this, you know, my teammate, I don't want my teammates to worry about their families. I don't want my teammate. Yeah. And it was just like, uh, it's just beautiful. <laughs> yeah. 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 It really like, is. It's like, yeah. Talking about like, like it's been hard for me, but I don't know. Like it's nothing compared to what like, my teammates, yeah, what my through. teammates and what my peers are going through because like, right. obviously 
what they need to do is just support. And they did, which is great. Right. And you're right. There were NBA players who were clearly just like, I don't want to be part of this. Yeah. <laughs> which is like such bullshit. But like, <laughs> and, and they kept bringing up that the WNBA, I believe 80, over 80% of the players are black. And yep. so they were like, this isn't, this isn't an issue about, you know, one team, one player or whatever. This is an issue that the whole league should be concerned with, right. uh, yes. which is, it's amazing. There was, yes. there was one quote that I thought was incredible that Nako Gumake said. She said, anyone who said there's going to be an asterisk next to this season is out of their mind. It's an exclamation point because of what we had to go through to get here. And it's like, Love that. that's absolutely, when you watch, you know, uh, I think Alicia Clark was watching the Daniel Cameron decision or the yeah. grand jury decision to not convict or try any of the officers in the murder of Breonna Taylor. She's watching it. And then she gets up and goes and plays a basketball game. And it's yeah. like, that's how do you do that? You know, the getting her ankle taped, watching that yeah. and then just saying that's bullshit <laughs> and having to go practice. Yeah. Yeah. What? Like it's, I, oh my gosh, I can't imagine. <laughs> and the exclamation point in asterisks, the asterisks conversation continually comes up, even for the NBA, you know, the Lakers championship. Should this be an asterisk? Was it really a full season? There was breaks. And it's like, we don't know what they've been through. Right. It is a championship. Like right. it was still the same amount of games mm-hmm. and it was still the same. It was even more of a hardship. It took it extra even, you mental Yes, you weren't just playing the team in front of you. You were playing the circumstances Mm -hmm. and what was happening in the world and being in a bubble and being away from your family, like, and still winning, still performing at your highest Mm -hmm. that you possibly can. I I don't buy into the asterisk conversation at all. And I agree with the exclamation point. Yeah. Put a couple of exclamation (laughs) points on those, please. (laughs) I mean, I I think it's, I think it's um, like you're saying, I think this is something that they should, that history books should be talking about because of the fact that like, you know, like Paul George talked about having um, depression and, and dealing with the mental strain and, and he got just like roasted and he got just like (laughs) completely roasted for it. And I think that's the thing is like that Lakers team had to be so freaking tough and really, you know, have that extra ability to get as far as they did, you know? Yeah. Um, the It was also interesting, This the documentary, you know, it gets into the playoffs. It talks about how the storm had some inconclusive tests and how scary mm-hmm. that was. And the, t- yeah. the decision to postpone a game, which already it's like so expensive to even just exist in there. And now they're postponing the players going home, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that was really interesting hearing Kathy Engelbert talk about that and what actually made her made the decision to po- postpone their semifinals game. And then, yeah. um, so then they get to the finals and it's the storm against the aces. And I just thought it was cute. Cause Bill Lambier, after they won the um, Western conference finals, Bill Lambier says, if we're going to be stuck in this bleeping dump for another 10 days, we might as well win this bleeping thing. It's, it's bleeped out it. in the <laughs> documentary. So I have no, you know, 
you can guess what he says. Shitting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then another part, honestly, the part that really made me cry was when Asia Wilson mm. got the MVP award. That was so sweet. Oh my gosh. That was so sweet. Yeah. She's oh, bursting into tears. She, yeah. Yeah. She so deserved that. What a amazing, amazing season she had. Yeah. And uh, to win it, and it was a surprise. And when she called her parents, I was like, oh, my God. But again, to that access, like, yeah. I felt like we were there with her. She's like, don't another tweet one this, of her teammates. I'm MVP. Yeah, don't tweet this. But <laughs> and her mom's screaming for, like, a minute Love straight. It. The record, so or the, the legend has it, she's still screaming. <laughs> <so far. laughs> I loved, I loved, I loved, I loved uh. it. And it was... It was because we've been on the season journey with them up until this point in the movie, right? So when she gets that award, it's like, oh my gosh, we're in this with you. We, we, you deserve it. And her teammates just cheering her on. That was, that was perfect. I loved it. It was so, it was so sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, she was like, I'm getting this because of you guys talking to her teammates. Oh, it just, I love it. Um, loved it. And then there was this really interesting um, chat with Sue Bird and Megan Rapino. They're kind of, it's the last days and, and Sue Bird saying like, you know, we're coming to the end and there's fewer and fewer people here. And I'm kind of feeling sad in a way. Mm-hmm. And she talked about how because almost all of these WNBA players also play overseas that they're very good at making anywhere home. And I, that Mm -hmm. I hadn't really thought about before because she was saying, you know, when you play with a team overseas, you know, it might be a new team. It might be people you, you know, the same team, but people you haven't played with before. But then by the end of that season, you're emotional and you're feeling Mm -hmm. like, gosh, this is coming to an end and I'm leaving one home to go to another Mm -hmm. home, you know? Yep. And that sounded exhausting to me. I mean, I just, I was impressed with how she was talking about that because, you know, it must be hard. Yeah. I can't imagine. And then having this, this bubble, which must have been so intense and the bonds must have been like so extreme. And then it comes to an end and she's like, I want to go home, but I kind of don't want to go home, you know? Yeah. Mm. And for the just a moment about playing overseas, too, you know, a lot of I know that one player, Diamond the Shields, who is on the Chicago sky, she said she was like, I actually don't really have a place like I kind of just couch surf because I'm not going to be there, you know, for over a month at a time. Like it's I'm everywhere. Yeah. And a couple players, if they made it to the playoffs. They went home for 24 hours before they went back overseas. Oh, my God. So that is also a part of the conversation is it it wasn't even, oh, I'm going to this bubble. It's like after that, like I still have to keep playing basketball and I'm still not going to be home, you know, Mm -hmm. wherever that is. If you did have even if you just lived in the city of your team, then you have to go there, pack up your stuff again say hi to your dog and then leave (laughs) and go play overseas for another couple months. Um, And that was even shaky too, because that was a conversation. Oh, is overseas going to be canceled because of the pandemic? 
now am I going to get that check? Like, what am I going to do? So just that, that um, nervous uncertainty, I know was just swarming them and surrounding them. And Sue Bird had a great point. It's just like, you know, I played basketball, I played travel basketball. When you went on a AAU weekend, it was like, wait, this sucked. We stayed in a hotel, we had to drive here. But Oh, I'm kind of sad that it's over. Like all the all the memories we made, that was kind of fun, you yeah. know. So I'm sure it was it was that type of deal. But yeah, I could not do this again. But <laughs> this was a good time. <laughs> yeah, like like uh, we we always said it was like a summer camp. Yeah, like, <laughs> like it's like yeah. summer camp. Yeah, yeah. Um, which yeah. is also funny. I think I think it was also Sue Bird that said um, it's weird to play against a team. And then see them at breakfast the next next right. morning and be like, hey. so weird. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you want some oatmeal? <laughs> right? I think that happened in the NBA too with Jamal Murray yeah. and Donovan Mitchell. And he was like, put him on his story. He's just chilling by the pool after he just dropped 50 points. And you're like, this is, as long as we're all aware that this is weird and not normal. For but real. yeah, I'm sure that is very summer camp AAU vibes, uh, <laughs> which is just strange. <laughs> um, not to keep talking about Sue Bird. She just said a lot of good things in this last interview. And she, one point that she made is she was like, sadly, if we hadn't been playing basketball, most of our voices wouldn't have been heard. Like, yeah. this is something where, you know, value is placed on them because they're excellent at a sport. And mm-hmm. if they're just walking down a street, that value's taken away, you know? It's, and yeah. so she. Especially as women. Yes. Mm-hmm. And players, black women, yeah. you know, I, I yes. think for a lot of the other players, she was saying, if someone doesn't know who you are, doesn't know you play for the W, then your voice is immediately taken away. You're, you're, yeah. you know, so that was also like a huge point where it's like, even though it may not feel like they made a huge impact, they definitely did. And ultimately yeah. I'm really glad that the bubble happened, you know? Same, same. And we feel that way as fans already, but I think the most encouraging part were, and I hate the the ratings word, but people noticed. Yeah. You know, percentages went up and people started taking note and watching the WNBA, which is all we wanted. <laughs> That's yeah. all we asked for every, every season. But it's really cool to see like, hey, we have this stage. We have a voice. It's going to make a difference. And numbers like numerically it made a difference in in viewership and ratings and people just being excited about this league and that is why even this season being the 25th anniversary of the w like that momentum is continuing to grow Mm -hmm. and go up which is super exciting and and i'm so happy that they did do the bubble it was kind of sacrificial for like hey we got to do this because if we do it right and we kill it like this is going to help this league yeah. mm-hmm. tremendously. I think at the end of the documentary, they said um, viewership went up 68% over all mm-hmm. like ESPN and ABC all over all um, channels that they were broadcast on. So yeah. that's huge. People that's were stuck huge. at home. They were like, we're watching. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and even when the season started, the WNBA, you know, a lot of people forget no other season 
the W was first, Yep, you know, coming out of the pandemic and, and being first when everyone was hungry for sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, hey, you have no excuse now. <laughs> there is a WNBA game on and you want to watch sports. So watch this game. And I think people were pre- pleasantly surprised if they weren't a, a fan typically. And they're like, wait. This is cool. Mm-hmm, yeah. Why have I not been watching this? Like I've told you. <laughs> so that was that was exciting. And um I I hope I don't know. Again, we talked about at the top of I haven't been watching as many games as I wanted to because of the NBA. I hope that didn't, you know, ratings and percentages for it going on at the same time in the NBA. I hope that didn't uh cause an influx, but I know. Second half of the season, yeah. at least the percentage will go up because of me. And that's all <laughs> yeah. that I care about. Yeah, <laughs> you're boosting the numbers. And I'm, just, I'm doing it. Everyone listening to this, what do you what else are you doing? Watch the WNBA. Like right. it's high quality basketball. You like basketball because you're listening to this show. Watch it. <laughs> well, you have no excuse. And actually, we've we've had a lot of our listeners tell us. Yeah, I just started I just started watching it or you know, I'm paying attention to what's going on. So, we're excited about that. Yeah. Um, I just want to point out a couple things. The at the end of the documentary, they talk about the Say Her Name campaign. I mm-hmm. encourage everyone to um support the African American Policy Forum. Um, their website is aapf.org. Super easy to remember. You have no excuse. Go check it out. And they um, are the ones who started the Say Her Name campaign. And um, also, you know what? This documentary is go watch it. Feel energized to start the work again. You know, we took a little Mm -hmm. break. We're enjoying summer, you know, post-vax. That's great. But also take a second to call, figure out who your local representatives are because it starts locally. Mm -hmm. Call them. Tell them you want to defund the police and fund local programs and figure out how to get involved locally because that's that's going to be where real change happens. Um, so that's that's my preachy part. <laughs> but this documentary <laughs> is is inspiring. It gets me it inspired all over again yeah. to be like work's not done. Yeah, exactly. Like voting for Joe Biden is not going to make any difference when it comes to this problem. So if you think that like you voted in the election last year and that's it, you don't want to think about anything anymore. I'm sorry. It's not going to make any difference. Yeah. We need to keep working. There's work still to be done. He doesn't care about defunding the police. Just by the way, (laughs) he's never mentioned (laughs) that. (laughs) That's not his uh, goals. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. So like, yeah, exactly what Anastasia was saying. Like start locally, like your, your, even like your city council people, like that's where the, that's where the like public opinion is going to change. And that's where you can make a difference. Yeah. Find out who your mayor is, who your city council reps are and really get in their business. That's my <laughs> <Yeah>. advice. <laughs> I love that. And just to bring, to bring this like full circle, yeah. we were talking about up top of, you know, Haley and I having to and and your podcast as women having to tell these stories, having to have these difficult conversations. 
And, you know, if we don't, then who? And for this documentary, it took women. Mm -hmm. It took ESPN betting on women to tell the stories of these very important and powerful women in the WNBA for the rest of us to get a taste of their story and how great this season was. And so I, I think that just proves our point even more that one, women are the best, <laughs> but also that how great it was for female directors mm -hmm. and Cheney and people to really get behind uh, this story and to show how powerful and how important it was to tell. And I think if you take away anything after watching it, I hope you take that away of that. This was an important story, an important moment in time that we needed to make sure we documented and that we continue to watch and have in our, our, you know, documentary starting lineup. Yeah. Like that's where it, it deserves to be. So this needs to be I'm in so the happy canon. It happened. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In the canon of, of basketball documentaries, <laughs> mm -hmm. because it was very important and it took women to, to do it. And we're the best and I'm so thankful for us. <laughs> Nothing would happen if we didn't, if we weren't here. <laughs> right on. This has been so great. Thank you so much for coming back and joining us for of this episode. Course. Is there anything? Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, obviously check out Spinsters. It's amazing. Is there anything else that you'd like to plug? Um, no, Fo follow me on Twitter at underscore Jordan Liggins on Instagram at Jordan Liggins and yeah, subscribe to Spinsters. Yeah. Hell yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks to all of our cutie listeners for coming on this journey with us. As always, we love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. For more Dunktown content, check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Dunktown. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dunktown Podcast. I'm on Twitter at echo underscore mint and on Instagram at Agata Monica. Anastasia is on both at Anastasia Vigo. Check out our website, dunk.town. If you like the show, please write us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen. We always really appreciate those. We have t-shirts, stickers, hoodies, and more available for sale at dunk.town slash store. Thank you to Andrea Tomingas for the Dunktown design, and thank you to Andrew Bear for our original music for the show. Sources and references from this episode can be found in the episode description. Music